1: Today in history, in 1925, the Butler Act, which outlawed the teaching of evolution in Tennessee schools, was signed into law, and the legislation was at the center of the Scopes trial and was not repealed until 1967.
2: Welcome to... What the Fuck History, where we discuss the wackiest and weirdest things that make us say, well, what the fuck history. I am the Rizard Zachary, and I will be casting all the spells and seducing all of your lovers. So, look out.
1: My name is Megan, and after reading our Today in History, I realized by going 30 miles per hour in a car, I probably travel faster than science does uh, in Tennessee, So, that's an interesting thought.
3: And I'm Matt. Today I learned a lot of things, but instead I'm going to go back to our last recording and let you know about some shit that I forgot to mention from my last story. And it's brief, so I won't go into too much detail. But last week I mentioned at the top of my story a doctor by the name of Julius Hess and forgot to, like, go back and talk to him, or talk about him. But uh, he (laughs) was the doctor who had helped... Uh, Martin Kune with his incubator babies um, to, to, like, add just a little bit of legitimacy to what he was doing, not, like, that this random guy was just putting babies in incubators and displaying them to the public. Um, And also, the exhibit had been running for so long uh, that a day was organized where children who had been saved by the incubators came back 40 years later to visit. Wow. Um, oh, that's
2: cute. I appreciate so those you were, going back. And... Those were
3: things that I had wanted to mention in my story and had not mentioned.
2: I appreciate you going back because the 40 years after is amazing. Yeah, it's um, really and also, cool. Also, I needed to know about, more about the doctor that prevented all the babies from being wibbly-wobbly.
3: <laughs> so, like, I felt, I felt bad because I said, like, he didn't really matter. And truthfully, like, per the story, he was sort of just the guy that gave the story a little bit or gave the whole venture a little bit of legitimacy because he was the doctor that was monitoring the babies I, I um,
2: absolutely understand that Matt I wasn't trying sorry. to do anything poignant to the conversation I oh, was I trying see. to okay. make a poor Doctor Who joke
3: he was making a, a bad, wibbly-wobbly joke. He was
2: the doctor, and he helped prevent all the wibbly-wobbly
3: babies. Yes. Oh, is, okay, got it. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> No, no, no.
2: So he's important. <laughs> I love that <them>, this man <laughs> said the children, I am here to make bad jokes okay. and drink beer.
3: <laughs> and he's all out of beer.
2: No, I have one and a half. No, he got,
3: he got more. <laughs> I got he more. He got more before the podcast. Um, all right, kids. We've set our strikes to zero, and we've played a fake game of rock, paper, scissors. The order for tonight's episode is Zach, followed by Megan, followed by me. And I did promise my co-hosts that I was going to do something controversial. Uh, so if you weren't hooked yet, stay tuned.
1: I thi- can. Can I tell you a quick thing that I learned because I did an evolution today in history? Yeah. Sure. Okay, cool. Uh, So, I learned that in our illustrious evolutionary history that um, humans used to have a gene where we could synthesize our own vitamin C. Fuck you, oranges. we we couldn't... Yeah, fuck you, oranges. But um, then, at some point, we started eating a lot of fruit. Yep. Okay. uh, And... Our bodies decided we were gonna kill that gene.
3: Hell yeah, baby! Because
1: we didn't need it anymore. Man, we used to have
2: tails and not need citrus. What the fuck happened to us? Everything. Dude, went I'm wrong. so
3: mad. Now I gotta spend money on fruit. Everything went wrong when the we Fire Nation just... attacked.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you think this stuff grows on trees? Weird. Oh, you know it what... does.
3: You know what's really scary? But I gotta, scary? I gotta pay for it. What? The concept what's of scurvy. Scary.
1: <laughs> I know.
3: So, okay, like, like, legitimately, so... In, its, in its worst form, form scurvy, re- like, lets all of your scars reopen. hmm Because scarring is an mm-hmm. active process. So, like, if you get scurvy and don't get it treated, like, every scar that you've ever had in your body... Just reopens. I have a lot
2: of those, and that is worrisome.
3: No, I know, but, like, also think about anyone who's ever had a C-section. Or a surgery. Or any other internal surgery. Yeah. Like, they just fall apart from the inside out.
2: However, I will say, Mm -hmm. I put scurvy in the same category is quicksand where i thought i would have to worry about it a lot more way way more oh, yeah. like, than when i was a child like, as a child i was like quicksand and scurvy the two things i gotta watch out for and yeah, absolutely quicksand
1: and scurvy <laughs> i'm like a either.
3: fucking pirate I never never had to worry about it but we should probably get the podcast started Absolutely, but yeah.
1: But anyway, I thought that was pretty interesting. I was so fascinated because I've been listening to like this this like science series. Yeah, and yeah. they were like, "Hey, by the way,
3: we love." And I was like, "Why?" We love good science reveles- revelations. We
2: love science here,
1: and it's historical, kind of way history, way back history. We're not so. um
3: we're not a science podcast, but we could make the leap. We could make the leap. We
1: could make the league. <laughs> what the fuck, science? What the fuck,
3: science? But anyway, Zach, you want right. to uh, kick us off?
2: Yeah. Kick us off. Absolutely. Um, I will also say that uh, because, Matt, you have already stated you're going to do a controversial thing, I feel like yeah. that this episode is just going to have to be called clickbait no matter what. Sure. Uh, <laughs> and it, it, Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that. There was a second thing I had, and I forgot it, because my brain only works on so many levels. Um, But yeah, let's uh, get into it. Tonight, for your entertainment, my fellow humans, I bring you one of the absolute drippiest men in history. Um, I know I haven't done a heinous gentleman of history in a while, and this one doesn't technically count, I don't
1: think. But he absolutely
2: did make everyone swoon, so I do wanna talk
3: about him. Um
1: I'm ready. I'm here for it.
3: I'm not uh, sure that I agree with the description of a drippy man. Okay. Do I'm you wanna elaborate you or mean? just No, just like in general that gave me a little bit of the ick and I did wanna say like men, there are uh remedies if you're dripping. <laughs> <and> <laughs> yeah, if you're you if, you if you're dripping, go see. If a you're doctor. dripping and you didn't mean to be uh, definitely yeah. consult your doctor. I
2: I did debate on starting this with instead of my fellow humans saying my fellow teenagers. That's um, fair. That way, I could add a bunch of other terrible, terrible lingo that I don't fully understand.
3: Dude, <laughs> when uh when we were talking about the video today of like yeah. what what we were, you said the word Rizlord, and I was like. I have a vague understanding of what that means. Yeah. But I could tell that I was getting older.
2: Dude, like I'm just that, Steve. I am just Steve Buscemi with a skateboard. That That's... word
3: alone <laughs> was enough for me to be like, I'm old now.
2: Yep. Okay. And hold on. Grip it and rip it. Um, yeah, no, I get that. That's. Oh, I, I added a bunch of bullshit jargon in here, but we'll deal with it later. Um. Uh, <laughs> So without further ado, I do want to talk about Alcibiades. Oh, that's a great name. Damn. Alcibiades name. nuts. Sorry, okay. that was not a great uh, nope. joke. But
3: uh, <laughs> no, strike one.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. Fair enough. I just I felt like I needed to do it. It was bad, but I just
1: no. It was it was it was bad, but I understood what you needed to do, and you'll understand why we need to give you a strike. No, no, no. no. I fully
2: accept the strike, but like. It's like when you see something that's 69, 420, you can't just not be like, uh, nice. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, you know?
3: Uh-huh, uh-huh. Strike two. Uh,
2: okay. Oh no, right. my god.
3: I'm just kidding. But no, please, no, we have fine. to go Fuck on. Fuck you,
2: I'll take it. We <laughs> have can't to wait, continue. Damn. We've Anyway, been here he's so taken the strike. He's got two strikes. Alcibiades uh, was an Athenian statesman and general way back in the, well, like 450 BC, way back.
3: Mmm way, um, way back.
2: The way, way back. We'd have to put a lot of miles on the Ford Tacoma. Um, <laughs> that's true. But to put it plainly, he was an absolute sexual god and a haver of so much main character energy. Now, main character energy, Good for I him. understand. <laughs> I'm glad we understand some of it. Um, he starts off his whole ass life. With the most main character energy by having just several famous teachers, including Socrates. Hell yeah, dude! Good for him. Like Socrates literally picks Alcibiades out of a crowd and is like, "I'm teaching that one because 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 why? Alcibiades in his his youth was known for being extremely like unruly, untenable, and really vain."
1: Nice. Uh, uh, a perfect reason to teach this guy.
3: Well,
2: yeah, Socrates was like, "I'm gonna show this bitch some manners. Um, I'm gonna show this bitch some learning. He, I'm gonna this motherfucker's gonna learn today.
1: <laughs> learn um, him some."
2: Socrates never did actually get Alcibiades to like cool his jets. Alcibiades was a vain yeah. asshole for his entire life in the best way possible.
1: You know. Ooh. That's like I feel like teachers nowadays who struggle with the absolutely most heinous six year olds, like, and they're like, "Man, am I just bad at teaching?" No, apparently Socrates also couldn't teach. If Socrates people.
2: failed, then you can fail too.
1: Yeah, just remember that, all that, all you teachers out there listening. If Socrates can fail, you can fail too. No hard feelings. No hard feelings. But like,
2: the best part about this is like, Socrates like, tries to get him to, like, cool his jets, and Alcibiades doesn't. But I don't... I feel like Alcibiades' arrogance is earned in a way that we will find out later. <laughs> um, which is why I'm not upset about him being a little bit of a bratty shit. Um, mm. <laughs> however, Socrates and him actually do kind of become friends, and they actually save each other's butts in battle on mul- on, like... Socrates saves Alcibiades in a battle, and then Alcibiades saves Socrates in a battle. It's wild. Life for um, a life. A life for a life. Wookiee life debts completely canceled. <laughs> um, but Alcibiades was extremely vain, and he was extremely vain because apparently... <coughs> Excuse me. I like burped and coughed at the same time. That was gross. I'm going to cut that. Oh my god,
1: you're really... You're Um, doing a lot over there.
2: Apparently, Alcibiades was, like, one of the most gorgeous human beings on the planet, and he fucking knew it. All right. Oh
1: my god, do you think they have, like... Do you think they have busts of him? Um,
2: I do believe there are busts of Alcibiades. I will try to find one. I'll do it while you tell the story, because we've been so distracted. Um... And so Alcibiades was married to a woman a little bit younger. In, well, he was a little bit younger, like in timeline wise, uh, named Hipparade. And Hipparade at one point tries to divorce him because Alcibiades is just fucking so many prostitutes.
0: Um, yeah. I which mean, at that classic. time they were
2: more kindly called courtesans, but basically he was fucking everybody. And. Mm. Hipparate never actually ended up being able to divorce him, um, because when she went to the court to do the divorce hearing, Alcibiades shows up to the court, picks her up, throws her over his shoulder, and just walks her home. And they never uh, discuss it ever again. Because he's just so often dude. And the he's judge so was stupidly like fair. handsome. That she's just like, Fine, I guess this is my life and I'm okay with it. Look at these big
1: strong muscles. <laughs> and the judge was like, Did you see how hot that guy is? Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, she ends up having two kids with him and she stays with him until his death. Like great. I mean, did you see how hot that guy is? Did you guys see how hot that guy was? Did you that Hansel is so hot right now? Oh, <laughs> weird Zoolander reference. I'm sorry. <laughs>
3: uh...
2: But our good boy Al uh, really comes into his own about midway through the Peloponnesian war mm-hmm. when he pushes the Athenians to be a little bit more aggressive. Um, the treaty of, uh, I'm trying not to butcher this. Greek names are weird or rather hard for me. Um, Nicias Um, the treaty of nicias also remember nicias because the treaty is named after a guy who wrote it and he's kind of important um but the treaty of nicias is signed and it's this weirdly worded kind of vague ceasefire between athens and sparta but it's not really the language in it is confusing so sparta sends some delegates over to athens to kind of just hash out the wording of this treaty, make sure that they kind of understand what's going on. And when the diplomats from Sparta arrive, they're like, all right, we speak for Sparta. We have full powers given to us by the Spartan king. Anything that we agree on here is absolutely what's going on. We speak for Sparta. And the day before they are going to go into the Athenian court, Alcibiades kind of pulls them aside in a secret meeting and is like, hey, just to like give you guys a heads up because you're kind of new around here. Athenian politics are super complicated and everyone in that room is going to be going after your head. Just it's going to be a mess. I'm giving you forewarning. Why don't well, you that was just, kind like, of him. renounce your diplomatic authority and let me kind of guide you through everything? Like, I'll be your main man. And the Spartan okay, delegates so, are like, so that seems a like a good sus. idea. What was that?
1: I don't know. I, it feels a little sus. It
2: feels a little <laughs> sus, but the Spartans don't think it's sus. They're literally like, this guy's the only cool guy we've met in Athens so far. He wants to help us out. Let's let him fucking help us.
1: And um, I mean, okay. I don't know. I just, like, if someone, if I, if I, yeah. me, went, was, like, if someone was, like, all right, you need to go in, and you you have to negotiate a treaty.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And someone came up to me and was just, like, hey, why, that's all cool, but, like, why don't you relinquish all of your diplomatic authority and give it to me, and I'll handle it for you. And granted, I don't want to do my job, but I'd be like, hmm, who are you?
2: Yeah, (laughs) it's... Yeah, I get you. But also, good call on you, Megan, because you're smarter than the Spartans. Um...
1: (laughs) Well, you know, classic. They didn't... Didn't they fucking... No, it was... No, it was the Trojans. The Trojans were dumb. I was like, didn't they also... I was like, didn't they also fall prey to the horse? No. But there's a lot of dumb... There's a a lot of dumb groups of people at this time.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. Fucking idiots. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Fucking idiots. Go over in the corner with your fucking abacus, loser. Anyway, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You're So for some reason, the Spartan delegation agrees to this and they're like, Alcibiades is our guy. The next day they go in, they go before the Athenian court and they're like, hey, remember what we said yesterday? We like actually don't have any political power whatsoever. We're just a bunch of guys being dudes. To which Alcibiades (laughs) fucking stands up and is like again, convinced all the Spartans that this was like the best play for them. And he's like these lying pieces of shit. They came in here yesterday being like, we have all the power and now what do they say today? They don't have any power? You gonna believe anything that they fucking say? Because (laughs) I don't. In fact, Fuck all of Sparta. Let's get back to the war with Sparta because we love that so much. Also, make me a general. And guess what? All of Athens
3: agrees.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Athens is like Alcibiades. You are fucking correct. Let's go back to war. Fuck
3: these guys. Fuck the haters. Let's Let's go back to war.
1: Start the war again.
3: It's ridiculous. That reminds me of one of my favorite jokes.
2: Yeah. Yeah
3: basically like the whole premise of the joke is that a guy gets like he gets pulled over and the cop pulls him over and he's like well i've got a dead body in the trunk and a a gun in the glove compartment so like the joke goes on right and the cop then calls in some backup and you know another one of the cops comes up to the door and he's like sir uh, we've been told that you have a dead body in the trunk and a gun in your glove compartment. And then the guy responds, yeah, and I bet you the son of a bitch told you I was speeding too. Ah. Uh, yeah. Uh, nope. mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm. A little bit of a misdirect there. I love uh,
3: it. Anyways, um,
2: sorry. But Alcibiades is a general and he starts leading some campaigns and this dude is, like, undefeatable in battle. He just keeps winning. Just Does he just but show W's. his pecs? Pretty much. He just, like, fucking yeah, with, stands so on a much, hill, shows just, like, his flash. pecs. And everyone's like, you know, like, in the Disney animated Hercules where they squeeze the action figure and the pecs bulge out? Absolutely. Yeah. Just
3: like that. Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but 5, five oh sorry, 415 BC rolls around, and Athens is ready to take this war and just keep on a-rollin'. And they want to start waging a campaign against parts of Sicily. Because, hey, Sicily is some good land. Why not? And there's a lot of good gold there. And we're Athens, and we fucking want it. And so Athens gathers some allies. And the Athenian court goes and says, hey, Alcibiades, what do you think is going to, like, how much do you think we need to, like, take Sicily? Or at least a couple cities in Sicily.
1: And Alcibiades is like, what about a couple of- Nothing but my hot bod. Nothing but my hot bod. Nothing but my hot-
2: Pretty much, Alcibiades was like a few dude bros and maybe like 60 ships.
1: Yeah, yeah, a few of my closest Chad
2: bros. (laughs) I, I just need a couple of Chads, a couple of Brads, and one Thad, and like 60 boats. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and then sixty votes, and they're like, "Oh, all right."
2: Now, that seems like a reasonable request. However, Nicias, who once again I remember was the guy that you know, Alcibiades just shat all over his treaty in the last episode. Yeah,
1: he's a little. He's still a little hurt.
2: He's still a little butt hurt. Uh, his Nicias, heart's a little broken. Heart's a little broken. Yeah. Uh, Nicias stands up and basically tries to beat the whole idea down, as well as the pride of the man that just shat all over his treaty, uh, by saying, Hey, that's definitely not enough soldiers. You need, and I quote, 140 galleys, 5,000 men at arms, and 1,300 archers slash slingers slash light footmen.
1: Damn, someone did the math.
2: Someone did the math. Someone calculated it. and uh, like, He that's was a... the one yeah. over in the corner with his abacus. <laughs> yeah. Nickyus with his abacus was over in the corner being a fucking nerd. While Alcibiades was just trying to get in everyone's pants and just winning voice.
3: Just his pecs.
1: And he was like, dude, can we bring kegs to war? Yeah, can, can, can <laughs> we
3: load up the galleys
1: with beer? I'll
2: boo, challenge boo, you boo, to boo, a boo. keg stand. And... So, a ridiculous amount of people compared to a few dude bros in 60 ships. And Mm -hmm. it was only said to not... It wasn't actually, like, a strategy that was supposed to be proposed. It was just there to shit all over Alcibiades' parade. Yeah. Yeah. However, the Riz Lord Al turns to the congregation of Athens and goes, like, so can I just have all that? (laughs) and athens is like my boy my sweet sweet boy my sweet summer child my favorite my golden boy why absolutely you can have all that i like the i I like the idea
3: of someone being like (laughs) him just having this plan that's like yeah me and a couple of my you know bachelor party um are just gonna go down (laughs) and solve this problem and this guy's no you need way more than that and he goes, I hate this fucking plan, but can I has?
2: <laughs> can I has cheeseburger? Yeah. Can Why I have just have?
3: Can I just have this? So everyone's Gransom. just like, oh, you're pretty. Yeah.
2: <laughs> pretty much. Athens, him all that and more. Um, Because <laughs> he's just fucking insane. Um, and as they're about to like set sail for the campaign of Sicily, they push off land they start heading towards sicily and a bunch of statues of the gods get defaced which is a big no-no before the christians show up
1: yeah yeah that seems that seems like a no-go
2: uh and for some reason alcibiades is accused of impiety and put on trial
1: Oh my god, something can take him down. Well, well... Religion.
2: Religion religion, religion can take out Alcibiades, apparently, because Alcibiades is not there to defend himself in court. He gets killed by the Pope. Oh,
1: classic. He is
2: convicted in absentia and sentenced (sighs) to death.
3: No! No! But, but, hear me out. But he goes on the run with
2: Thelma and Louise. Instead of taking an L for once in his fucking life... Alcibiades calls up the fuckos from Sparta, the opposition, and goes, hey, do you want me on your hey. side or do you want me on your side?
1: I'm not giving you a choice here. And
2: Sparta's like, we absolutely
1: want you on our side. <laughs> They're like, yo, you made a fool of us that one time, but like, we're, we're willing to get, forgive. We remember that galaxy brain move
2: a couple years ago. We want you on our team. <laughs>
1: It's like, yo, no hard feelings, right? Like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> No hard feelings, dot, 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 yet, dot, dot, dot. So Alcibiades so defects funny. to Sparta, where he becomes really good friends with the king of Sparta and his, like, premier military advisor. And that's hunky-dory for a few years. And then it kind of goes south when the queen of Sparta gives birth to a baby boy. And uh Uh-oh. oh. Oh, no. oh, would you look at that? Oh
1: no. It looks
2: a lot like Alcibiades.
1: Talk. Oh no, it's hot. <laughs> it's oh
3: to... no. Oh no, this baby's oh, no. hot. This baby came out looking like hot Squidward. What do we do? <laughs> this we, baby we came out. We kill the looking man like responsible. The
2: yeah, so they go to kill Alcibiades, no and Alcibiades is like, well, time to pack up my bags and defect again.
1: We're off to Persia. I like how he doesn't deny it.
3: He went to Persia next? <laughs> he went to Persia next. Who'd he impregnate there?
1: I
2: mean, a lot of people. He apparently had a lot of bastards. Damn, dude. But he kind of stays in Persia for a few years and gives more military advice while... he's just well, evading of... capture? Well, evading capture and just staying under the radar. And there is a coup that happens in Athens... Um, where the democracy is overthrown and some of his buddies start an oligarchy in Athens.
1: Nice. I thought um, for a minute you were going to say an olive garden in
0: Athens.
1: And I was going to be like, oh, what a nice one. I thought instead of oligarchy, you said olive garden.
0: Yeah, they start like, an olive garden what?
1: in Athens, the original
2: olive garden in 412 BC. <laughs> <laughs>
1: when you're here, your family. <laughs> when you're here.
2: Yeah. Endless soup salads and impieties.
1: <laughs> so, oh my god, that's so funny.
2: His buddies, anyway. Go His buddies like start an oligarchy and are like, "Hey, you want to be like acquitted of your crimes and come on back?" Hey, you want to come home, bud? You want to come home, bud? And Alcibiades is like, yeah, like, I fucking uh, hate Persia. It's just sand. I fucking hate sand. Yeah,
1: dude, there's there's not enough people here, fuck.
2: <laughs> not enough, not enough people to dip my dick into. I'm coming home. And sand sucks. <laughs> he ends up coming back and he's reinstated as an Athenian general. This man has no loyalty except for to himself, and it's fucking
1: wild. This man has no... He definitely doesn't, but it's so funny.
2: He keeps on fighting with the Spartans with Athens because that's what they do, and he wins a whole bunch of battles, including a battle where... This is fucking wild. He convinces a conspirator inside the city to open up the city gates to allow his army in. Mm-hmm. Normal espionage oh God, shit for battles. Horse. Except, oops... By the time the gates are opened, the army hasn't shown up, and it's just Alcibiades and 30 of his chattiest chads. Yeah. <laughs> it's just Alcibiades
1: and, like, a party. bachelor party. It's just
2: the bachelor party 2.0 and against a whole city garrison. And against overwhelming odds, Alcibiades just steps up and starts talking. He just, like, starts giving a speech to the city garrison in like the most like WWE pre match promo bullshit. Oh,
3: he was cutting a promo.
2: He was cutting a promo and being like, Yeah, well I'm gonna fucking take you down. You don't know what's coming. You just fucking wait. I'm gonna fucking get you. Well, the gates are open and they're like standing like within stabbing range. Alcibiades is friend's just like Roman's for countrymen. Time. He's just vamping like Matt <laughs> earlier in the episode.
3: That's crazy.
2: <laughs> and he vamps for so long that the rest of the army shows up and they take the fucking city. <laughs> Amazing. Well,
3: that's
1: all he needed, dude. He just like, he, he needed he just enough needed time for the rest time. of the He just party. needed to
2: buy some time, and he does. Um, and he continues to just be an absolute dude, bro, wooing women and winning wars until he gets a major loss at Naughtyum. And they kind of just, like, are like, all right, takes his first I L. know that was, like, one of your first L's, but, like, we're also going to kick you off takes the force. His... You're no longer a general.
1: Takes his very first L.
2: Takes his very first L and also his last L, because they just were like, all right, his you're done being a general last- now, buddy. And he's like, okay.
1: Listen, if you're going to take an L, you better make it your first and last. Absolutely.
2: Um... But the man with the golden mouth still has many enemies, and Sparta fucking hates his guts. And Sparta sends a bunch of assassins to get him. And while Alcibiades is in bed with his favorite courtesan, the Spartan assassins set his house on fire. Because they (laughs) know if Alcibiades gets a chance to talk, the game's already fucking over. Yeah, he'll talk his way out of it. Yeah. However,
1: this is Alcibiades. Mean, he doesn't have to. He just has to get undressed. So he talks just, his
2: way out of death? No. It is Alcibiades, and he doesn't know how to take a fucking L. So he the dude broke Yeah, he doesn't know how to take a second one. Oh, fair.
1: Yeah, and he, it was his first and last. He
2: comes charging out of his burning house, wielding a sword, just like running at these assassins.
1: Where was the courtesan?
2: i'm assuming a crispy like toasty courtesan at this moment i don't know it's alcibiades's story it's not his a courtesan story
1: i know it's like he he's we're not allowed to talk about that Yeah, i guess
2: not um
3: but so alcibiades about
2: the women of his life comes running out of the burning house and well his intentions are pure it doesn't really matter much to a bunch of assassins with bows, and he gets the Greek tragedy equivalent of the ending of Red Dead Redemption. Nice. Where he just is now just, like, covered in arrows, like Boromir in The covered. Fellowship of the Ring. He's just a pincushion. Like, he's a pincushion. And Alcibiades dies. Poor man. mean... It is a way to go out. It is like, a way to go out. Like, that is a great way to go. If you're going to go, fucking go with a bang. And he did.
1: Yeah. I, like, there are definitely less heroic ways to go. I'm not saying that's heroic. No. But like, he, he didn't go down without a fight. And that's all we ask of our strange, broish Greek heroes.
2: He was a strange, broish Greek hero. That is the best way to describe him.
1: Yeah, like, I don't know if I'm on his side, but I'm, like, not not on his side. Yeah, that's kind of my
2: whole <laughs> feeling about Alcibiades is, like, I know he kind of sucks. Like, he's definitely a little yeah, he bit of sucks of a shady character. But at the same time, I'm kind of rooting for him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> kind of rooting for him. He's, like, he he's the
2: equivalent of having that bard in your D&D party that keeps pushing the envelope as to how much they can get away with. Mm.
1: I know, Mm -hmm. like, (laughs) oh, God. Yeah, no, you're not. He he is the bard of ancient Greece.
2: He is an ancient Greek fighter bard. He's a Chad
1: bard. Fighter bard. Yeah, he's the Chad bard. A a new subclass in (laughs) D&D.
2: Good old Al. The
1: Great Big Al. That's what we're going to name the episode. The Great Big Al. The Great
2: Big Al. <laughs>
1: uh, until we get to my story. Oh
2: no, I'm ready.
1: <laughs> no, I just like the name of it. Um, What's the name? I called it God's, God's Russian Surprise.
2: God's Russian Surprise. I am scared now.
1: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um... Like, I don't know if you should be scared. Maybe because of the fact that this can still happen. Anyway, I'm going to spin you a tale. Um, that obviously happens in Russia. Spin us a yarn. Hence the title.
2: Spin us a yarn. Yeah,
1: I'm spinning you a Russian yarn. Uh, so as most strange things do, this does happen in Russia. Uh, it happened on June 30th, 1908 in the depths of Siberia. So anything can really happen there. Siberia. Locals, in the whole area of Siberia, like it's a big area, but honestly, nobody wants to go there. So, like anything can happen. All but God's God's gloves are off. Uh, so, so are the Russian governments. low <laughs> So are the Russian governments. Like, listen, if God's eyes are closed, my eyes are closed. Mostly because of the winds, the polar winds. <laughs> mostly because it's fucking freezing. <laughs> It's fucking freezing. Dude, I watched uh, this. This is still about Siberia, but I did watch like a mini documentary. And it was like about this little Siberian boy going to school. And his mom was like, he has to wear six layers of clothing um, because it's negative 55 out. I don't send him to school if it's like below negative 55. I'm like, what's below negative 55? Fucking the 10th circle of hell. Negative like, fifty-six. No, that's where you
3: live. It's the center of hell.
1: Oh, yeah. Sorry. That's Siberia. Uh, so the year is 1908. We're in the depths of Siberia. And at this, on this day, on this horrible day, uh, locals in the area reported seeing a bluish light in the hills northwest of Lake Baikal. Um, it was nearly as bright as the sun and moving across the sky, leaving a thin trail. And closer to the horizon, there was a flash that produced a billowing cloud, followed by a pillar of fire that cast a red light on the landscape. And then this pillar split in two and faded, turning to black. Oh? And that's not where we're ending, because about ten minutes later, there was a sound that was reported that sounded like artillery fire. People closer to the explosion said that the source of the sound moved from east to the north, and then came the shock wave. It was so powerful that people were knocked over, and it broke the windows of homes hundreds of kilometers away. The explosion Jeez. registered on seismic stations across Eurasia, and airwaves from it were detected as far away as D.C.,
3: Holy shit.
1: Uh, Also, I know, yeah. So in some places, it actually registered as a 5.0 earthquake on the Richter scale as well.
3: Oh, my gosh.
1: I know. All right. So it didn't end there. Over the next few days, the skies in Asia and Europe were on fire, with pictures uh, from the time being taken in Sweden and Scotland of the sky brightly lit at midnight. Okay. So it it's really cool, right? Like I I was reading this, I was like, I have no idea what's happening. Um, so although the regions in Siberia where the explosion happened were sparsely populated, there are eyewitness accounts and I've taken a few of the interesting ones before I tell you what really happened. Okay. So about yeah, so so about forty miles from the explosion, we have an account from a mineralogist, because I guess that's a job. Uh it, scientists just call themselves whatever they want. Alright. <laughs> they fucking look at dirt and they're just like I'm a dirtologist. Something like pay me nine hundred thousand Yeah, like fuck it, dude. Like pay me nine hundred thousand dollars a year. I um oh, okay.
2: Megan, one second. Yeah. Liz, I love you so much.
1: Fucking scientists? What the fuck? <laughs> 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 whispers to his partner. He's like, I love you so much. I appreciate I everything you do. I love you. you I do. appreciate like... you. You're
2: so smart, and it is so attractive, and you are just a wonderful human being. What the fuck, scientists? Why do you think you are so fucking special? Okay, so we do
3: have to yeah, make a just jump like... into what the fuck, science. <laughs> we do! Yeah, we,
1: we might have to... Oh, fuck. We do have to make a jump into what the fuck science. So before we make the jump into what the fuck science. So there was this mineralogist. He was at a trading post 40 miles from the explosion. And this guy reported that where he was, the air became so hot. It felt like his shirt was on fire. And then he was thrown off of his feet. Oh, my God. Uh, He felt the earth shake and that when the sky opened up, it felt like the wind was lava. Jeez. What Uh, the fuck? I know. And then other people who are a little bit closer reported being woken up by birds fleeing overhead, and then trees suddenly being obliterated. Like, fucking toppled and set on fire. Oh
2: my god. Holy crap.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so... Um, so... Because of the time and the remote location of the event, scientists have to ha- have had to, like, make conjectures on what happened based on, like, the geological studies made many years later. And they believe that this event, which was called the Tunguska event, um, was due to a meteorite impact. However, there was no impact crater. Okay. Instead, they found at the epicenter that trees in an 830 square mile radius had been scorched and knocked down. And they also found small metal spheres containing nickel and iron consistent consistent with, like, a meteor air burst. So, uh, essentially, what happened, like, the leading scientific explanation is that an asteroid exploded about four to six miles above earth's surface and that these events of this proportion only happen once every a thousand years it it was like a meteor
2: and then it was it was gone (laughs)
1: like yeah yeah i mean it it was like the it's the equivalent of like an atomic what happens to an atomic bomb going off like it doesn't it doesn't hit the ground. It explodes. It's an airburst. Yeah, that's like, how you explodes. do the most damage. Yeah, yeah. So this this is what this did, um, and and the reason it was so big, like the reason it did so much damage, is that the meteor uh, that that didn't hit us, but it exploded in our atmosphere, was probably about two hundred feet in size and traveling at sixty thousand miles per
2: hour <laughs> damn she fast <laughs> she's so fast wait hold on one second <laughs> <laughs> faster
3: than that actually. yeah well yes, it was, faster, yeah it's much faster but I, I wanted to back. give a little doppler effect that's all <laughs> oh
2: okay. yeah
1: thank you thank you for the we <laughs> we gotta talk to the sound department and talk about a budget for for sound effects i
2: i do my own foley um, work okay <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Zach does his own bully work. <laughs> uh, so um, this is the largest impact event in recorded history. Although bigger ones have happened in prehistoric times, obviously. Like the
3: ones that uh, killed the dinosaurs.
1: I mean, obviously the one. Also, those actually like hit Earth. You know? Oh, that's yeah. That's like.
3: True. Oh, that's yeah, that's true. You
2: right? You right? You're right. When you're right, you're right.
1: Yeah, like, w- we, we do have... We obviously, like, have these massive craters, like, where the Yucatan Peninsula is. That's, like, part of an impact crater. Um, but this one didn't create a crater. It just, like, created a lot of, like, vegetative damage. It left a lot of iridium and, like, nickel and iron, and... It obviously like caused a lot of like people to be scared, but I thought it was interesting, too, that like an ex- like if this had landed in a more populated area, it would have taken out a large metro area.
2: <laughs> like, <laughs> it wasn't atomic bomb. Boston wouldn't happen.
1: Yeah, like Boston would have been gone, right? Like, New York would have been gone
3: and all and of it didn't the surrounding even areas
1: yeah so like i said I, I, this it is history um it's a little bit more sciency but what
3: the fuck uh, science
1: <laughs> what the fuck science and history but i did read this and i was like oh that's very interesting because i didn't think that like meteors could airburst. Um, do you guys remember like a few years ago? I I think it was like in two thousand fourteen, there were a lot of videos uh coming out of Russia of that really bright light. Uh that was actually yeah. like traveling.
2: I think so. Yeah,
1: like you vaguely remember it. Vaguely, um yeah. that was that was another uh that was another like air air impact, Jeez. air burst of a meteor happening. Like, people reported the same stuff happening as this event. So, I'm not sure why it all happens in Russia, but...
2: But it always happens in Russia.
1: I don't know. It always happens in Russia. So, like, RIP did some legends. What happens
3: in Russia? We gotta
1: get Putin on this. We gotta get the KGB on this.
3: (laughs) Stays in Russia. (laughs) Ugh.
1: But that was my story. Um, It was short, but...
3: Short, sweet. To the point. About to the point, I love it. To the point about space, space, space. (laughs) Space. Space. space—the final frontier. Oh my god! No longer Uh, the one place that hasn't been corrupted by capitalism.
2: (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) All right, I'm ready for the controversy. I'm
1: fucking ready for it. I'm ready for the controversy. Hey, stop. What? You're the one who hyped it. Okay,
3: tonight, my dear listeners, I am talking about a war. However, it is not World mm, War I, classic. which is one of my favorites, oh. or my oh, absolute no. favorite subject, World War II. Instead,
1: oh, no. I will be enlightening you
3: and my dear co-hosts about a little skirmish known as the Whiskey War. Ooh! It is also known as the Liquor War. Okay. I barely know her. Uh gross. Strike 2. <laughs>
1: no, that's 3. We're not going
3: to call it strike 3 because I think the second strike that I gave him was a soft one. So yeah, All right. Okay. And it was I wanted to soft best. and hard strike. It strikes. was definitely a foul ball at best. Um so that's strike 2 for jerseys, though. Okay. Uh so what's interesting about this war is that it started in 1973, the year of our Lord, and it only ended last year in 2022.
2: Oh, shit.
3: Okay. Um, it ended, uh, pretty close to when Russia invaded Ukraine, and the reason that it ended is because it was meant to, uh, demonstrate to Russia, specifically to Russia, that conflicts can be ended peacefully. (laughs) It
1: still doesn't understand that concept.
3: Yeah, Russia, a year later, still hasn't figured it out, but, um... So, as I mentioned, the war started in 1973, but the actual conflict didn't begin until 1984. Um, But this war began as a dispute over the border when maps were being drawn up between Denmark and Canada, and the dispute is over an island called Hans Island. And so, essentially, Hans Island uh, sits in the middle of what is known as the Kennedy Channel between... uh, Greenland and Ellesmere Island. Okay. Um and so those are
1: both made up places.
3: Huh? They're made up. made up. Places. They're not. Yep. Greenland exists. I believe in Greenland. Ellesmere Island, I'm not sure, is a real place, but a Greenland Less for sure exists. They're both
2: real. Continue.
3: So um a line uh that had been drawn between the two borders went straight through the island. Uh, but Canada and Denmark could not come to a conclusion about who owns what, uh, when they were drawing up their borders in 1973. And so they decided to, uh, leave it for then. But there, that left a gap in the, um, that They're left like, a, we'll get back to this. Later. Yeah, that essentially left a gap in their border description that they didn't bother to correct until last year. Ugh, That's fine. Excuse me. So, in
1: I'm sure it didn't cause any problems for those people living in that unclaimed area
3: at all. Well, no, the island is uninhabited. Um. Oh. Oh, so we're fighting
2: over uninhabited land. I love yeah, it. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, listen. Classic. Um, This is what starts the conflict. In 1984, Canadian soldiers land on the island and place the Canadian flag. Oh, no. And then <laughs> they place a bottle of Canadian whiskey. Okay. Bro. And that's it. That's
2: war warfare. The only thing that exists on this island is a flag and some whiskey.
3: Exactly. Right. This
2: sounds like heaven.
3: Now, <laughs> this is why it's called the liquor wars. This is why it's called the whiskey war, okay? Ready? The Danish minister of Greenland comes to the island afterwards and plants the Danish flag and leaves a oh bottle of God. schnapps. Oh Stop no. <laughs>
1: And then he drinks the Canadian. And
3: I need you to understand. Yes. No, doesn't drink it. He just takes it with him. But.
1: Oh, he just takes it. The
3: remainder of the conflict are the two countries taking turns, planting their flags on the island, and swapping out booze.
2: Okay. Hear me out. I am not one that agrees with a... Bloated military budget, especially when you're spending more than the next nine countries, eight of whom are allies. I'd spend a lot of... Eight of
1: whom are allies? I'd
2: spend a a huge fucking military budget for
3: this operation, boys. So. (laughs) Here's... Only
1: the finest.
3: Here's where the controversial part of my story comes in. Okay. I'm gonna read directly... From Wikipedia. Okay. Normally, I would do this in notes and, like, sugarcoat this, but I need... I'm reading the timeline directly from the Wikipedia. Okay. So, in 1980 to 1983, a Canadian firm did research on and around the island. As I mentioned, in 1984, Canadian soldiers placed a bottle of whiskey and their flag on the island... Then the Danish minister of Greenland uh, chartered a helicopter to the island, placed a flag of the Danish there and replaced the bottle of whiskey with a bottle of schnapps and also a sign that said welcome to this Danish island.
1: Welcome? That's so passive aggressive. Yeah. In
3: 1988, Danish Arctic Open... uh, Danish Arctic Ocean Patrol Cutter, HDMS... I'm not going to try. Uh, arrived at the Sorry. island, built a uh, a cairn, essentially like... Yep. A, 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 a tower of stones. A tower of stones. Jesus Christ, my brain. Uh, and they placed a flagpole and the Danish flag on the island. In 1995, the Danish liaison officer and uh, geodist flew in and placed another flagpole and flag. In... Nineteen ninety-seven, the Danish Arctic Ocean Patrol uh, tried to reach the island but couldn't because of weather. Uh, in two thousand one, a helicopter flew by the island. This is; these are all the important. These are just considered military act activity. Ooh, a chopper. Um, in two thousand two, uh the Danish once again went to the island, erecting a new cairn, a new flagpole, and erecting their flag. They found the 1988 flag that had been placed was missing, and the flag that had been yep. placed in 1995 was in pieces. Um, in 2003, a Danish frigate landed on the island and replaced the flag again. 2005, Canadian soldiers landed on the island, placing a stone marker, a plaque and a Canadian flag. Yeah. In okay. 2005 as a symbolic move, Canadian Defense Minister Bill Graham set foot on the island. <laughs> I also want you to know that apparently during foot. this conflict, Google ads were placed about like this this back and forth that was happening. Okay. Um, in 2005, later on in 2005, the Danish government officially announced Denmark would issue a letter of protest to Canada. It's getting serious now, folks. Oh, yeah. I guess, Um,
1: yeah. This is...
3: A deputy premier of Greenland stated the island has been occupied by Canada, stating experts should determine which country the island belongs to. Um... In 2005, Danish ambassador to Canada published the article in the Ottawa Citizen newspaper regarding the Danish view on Hans Island. So it's essentially just like them going back and forth. 2005 seems to be when a lot of the activity happens because that's when the ball got rolling on resolving this conflict
2: <laughs> they were told fucking figure it out and they said oh but, we're gonna figure it out
3: but it's essentially a war that was waged over and I- i'll show you guys a picture of the island i'm gonna send it um in the D chat or not the D chat our podcast chat yeah um but it's i read this story for the first time and just thought to myself like this is worth talking about. This is it's the dumbest the shit. It's just a
2: fucking rock.
3: It's literally a rock in the middle of the ocean. That's not Nobody a lives there. I'm so ready. It's a rock. Nobody lives there. There's no reason for them to be fighting this hard. Um but like I said, the fighting was mostly just them replacing a flag on the island and it's important to note that both countries respected each other's flags. Um, yeah. So they would take them down, aside from, like, the 1988 one, which was missing entirely, and the um, the 1995 one, which was apparently in pieces, which also could have just been from wind and weather. Yeah. Um, but each time that they would land on the island and replace the flag, they would take the flag of the other country down, and they would... Um, fold it appropriately and leave it in a place that would be easy for uh, the opposition to find it. And so they weren't ever disrespecting. I love that. Like two of the most like apologetic and nice countries were,
2: like, <laughs> we're going to have the most nice and apologetic war ever.
3: Well, that was also the thing that kind of drew me to this story in the first place. Was like Canada was in a war, which oh, I mean, oh. I know I know that Canada has been in wars before, but like Matt.
2: Canada yeah. during World though? War One was a fucking nightmare.
3: No, I mean I know, like I, uh, but this was sort of just like, I saw that it was a war between Denmark and Canada specifically, and I was just like, "Wow, I gotta was, see how that goes." I was like, "I don't know what that means for anyone." I
1: don't know
3: what. That um, so I looked into it, and it's not really a war; <laughs> it's a dispute over borders. Um, yeah, classic. So, but, yeah, the controversial part of this story was the fact that I was reading directly from, uh, directly from Wikipedia.
2: Oh, I'm, then this is definitely the clickbait episode. That's not that controversial. Yeah,
3: I know.
1: Yeah, I think that's acceptable, though, when you're reading, like, a timeline. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So, June 10th, 2022, uh, people met on the possibility of diplomatic approaches while the Russia uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine developed, Canada and Denmark settled on a border across the island, dividing it between the Canadian territory of Nunavut, if you don't believe that elsewhere and whatever were, or El's Island. No, I've and,
1: actually heard of Nunavut. Of Nunavut doesn't
3: sound it. like a real place. Um, and yeah, the it, semi-autonomous so. Danish constituent country of Greenland. And then on June fourteenth, no, year of, of our Lord twenty twenty two, the plan for dividing the island between the two nations was officially unveiled. And there's more. Like, like I said, two thousand five was when they were really, though? they really kicked it into gear to try and find a solution for this. Year, yeah, but
1: like, why do you? Oh, you know what? They don't want it. <laughs> is the thing. I no, I just remember so. The this the reason why I know that like China and Japan a lot of the time go to war not war but like they get into disputes over like piece of rock or like what constitutes an island. Yeah. Um, is it because it extends your international waters rights?
0: Oh, Um... that's fair.
1: So they're not fighting over the rock. They're fighting over international water. They're fighting over and what's under the water, right? Like, yeah,
3: anything found. under water. It is the water.
1: possible that yeah, anything found. Fa- so like gas reserves, so like oil when they reserves, find fishing, the uh, rights.
3: uh, fuck, what's his name, Ark Cthulhu. of the Covenant.
1: <laughs> when they find when they find the tomb Cthulhu of Cthulhu himself, yeah, that I belongs mean, to Canada. I that belongs like, to Canada uh, now. I feel like.
2: It probably started out as that and then it was just a bunch of guys going like, We gotta keep this fucking practical joke up. It was oh, really yeah. Yeah. A it's just a good laugh and
3: we need that in this time and day and age. <laughs> I think that that was in <laughs> this day and age But I also love need a good laugh. I love that they were just like, You know what'll teach Russia? <sighs> is if we uh We finally if we settle this dispute. Final finally settle this dispute and the Russians will look at it and be like, Well, if the Canadians can do it <laughs> <laughs> so can we
1: okay but like that's that. Uh, no that's not fair the canadians like it, here's the thing as soon as you're like oh well if the canadians found, like cthulhu i'd be like yeah if there's one country in the world that i would trust finding cthulhu it'd be
3: the canadians it'd be the canadians
1: i'd, I'd trust the canadian i would trust the canadians or japan
3: i wouldn't trust japan i wouldn't trust you see japan. what they did with godzilla trust... yeah they turned him no, into I a weapon i would trust
1: japan now
2: I wouldn't. I don't trust Japan. I would trust Japan.
1: I I stand by it. I would trust Japan.
3: They'd make movies. Yeah, probably. They would make movies. Cthulhu would would be the next Hollywood star.
1: Yeah, dude. It it would be like the next hit Japanese mascot, like akin to Hello Kitty. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Hello,
3: Cthulhu. Look, do you know you've been to Japan, right, Megan? So you know the lore of Hello Kitty? Yeah.
1: Uh, that, the lore? that
3: Hello Kitty is an actual human woman? <laughs> oh my god, you don't no. know this? Alright, this is my oh Today god. I Learned. Um,
1: no, you've already had 19 of them, but go
3: on. I, I, but the people need to know.
1: No, I'm here. I'm the people. Um,
3: I need to know. So, Hello Kitty. I'll read this from the Wikipedia as well. Uh, is also known by her real name, Kitty White. Is a fictional character. That's um,
1: not her name. <laughs> yeah.
3: According to her backstory, she lives in a London suburb with her family. And is close with her twin sister, Mimi. Who is depicted with a yellow bowl.
1: Damn, I thought her name was going to be Goodbye Kitty. Oh
3: man, <laughs> hang on. Because I, I want... There was something that I was reading... Um uh, there was something that I was reading that said that she was uh that she was a human woman
1: I mean maybe she is maybe she is a human woman her maybe height is Mavely. described
3: as 5 apples her weight is described as 3 apples
1: Okay, that's not a measurement. <laughs> Damn. I thought Americans oh, were okay. willing to measure anything in, in two thousand fourteen an
3: anthropologist was told by Sanrio that Kitty White was not simply a cat, describing her as a little English girl called Kitty White from outside London. So she's like a child. Okay,
1: but here's the thing. Even the smallest of children do not weigh as much as three apples. This
3: is true. They weigh more than three apples. (laughs) Unless they're
1: they're like the Fuji apples.
3: Uh, Following reports that interpreted this to mean she was human, a Sanrio PR representative said that the organization has never said that she was human, explaining that she's an anthropomorphized cat, much like the character Mickey Mouse. No one would mistake okay. the Disney character for a human, but at the same time he is not quite a mouse either. Hello Kitty isn't a human, but she's not quite a cat. Okay, okay. So I got that wrong. But like I'm glad we cleared it up. It is kind of weird that they did say like not a cat, more human. Okay. Anyways.
1: I guess I don't know. So I just looked up biggest apple in the world. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay and on that note i think we
2: need to wrap this shit up
3: <laughs> yeah zach do your thing
2: I, I will do my thing so that let's... i can
3: do my thing yeah
1: <laughs> okay well folks thank you listen for... i'm just saying the base apple in the world was four pounds so all right it's 12 pounds all right i guess it's a fair
3: let's fairly... let zach right. do his anyway, thing
2: thank you so much for listening to our show uh we appreciate you being here If you'd like to support us, which, hey, if you're listening, you probably want to support us. Um, The best way to do that is to tell a friend about what we do and get them to kind of listen to. Our recruiting force is absolutely you. The other thing you can do is head on over to iTunes. Give us a rating and review on iTunes, and, well, we'd appreciate that. It kind of bumps us up the charts and makes us a little bit more recognizable, uh, which makes our life a lot easier. We have to tell you to promote us less. Um, You can also head on over to our Instagram at the underscore triumvirate underscore productions. You can find us on Facebook at the triumvirate productions if you give it just in that search bar and also if you go to patreon.com slash triumvirate productions or search the triumvirate productions on patreon you can jump onto our patreon where you can get all of our bonus content including what the fuck after dark and unedited episodes also those unedited episodes come out a day early so you get episodes on Thursdays not Fridays like the normal plebes. but anyway once again thank you for listening Matt take it away
3: what the fuck history